here today, and the wisdom that I imparted yesterday was just phenomenal. It actually brought us back to the reality of what we're actually called to do, and that's just to love and to share Jesus' love with the world. And so Julia has been in ministry for over three decades. Um, she's part of the leader of Convoy Women, which just uplifts women around the nation. And she just has loved the Christian church across the nation, across dominations for years and years and years. And so we're so blessed to have her here to bring the word today. So would you welcome her up as she comes up on stage? Hello. Oh, hi, everyone. How are you? I mean, you guys must have church in the best part of the world. It's, it's like paradise here, really, isn't it? So you go to church in paradise before you actually go to paradise. Do you agree with me? I think you do. Look at the amazing smiles on your faces. Um, now, give us a little wave if you went to conference yesterday. Okay, so you, majority of you are already used to me. So you got me in the afternoon and... And here I am again. So hi, everybody. It's really good to be here. Um, I actually think it would be really lovely if we gave a round of applause to everybody who is putting church on for us today. So could we do that? Just really appreciate people. Thank you, everybody. Uh, the reality is it takes everyone, doesn't it? It takes a great singer and guitarist like you. What an angelic voice you have. I mean... I hope I'm standing next to you in heaven when we get there, because that will really help me with the holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, but I'm sure you'll sing that. Um, that'll be amazing. And then the great people behind the sound desk over there, have you ever had a look at them? Aren't they gorgeous? <clears throat> They're a married couple <clears throat> um, who I met this morning. And then you've got Scott and Georgie, who are the lead pastors here, and their amazing sons, Byron and Eden, who have, by the way, the coolest names ever. So um, could we just thank them for what they do as well? It's really important, I think, every now and again, um, because we, we come to church, don't we, to worship Jesus. It's about Jesus. Um, we put our, our heart and our focus on him. We put our attention on him and our gratefulness towards him through communion. But it really does, I mean, Jesus isn't here right now. Holy Spirit is, but Jesus isn't here right now. But there are a lot of people that are, you know, have put a lot of effort into making church happen for us. And it's good never to forget that. Always Jesus, but then don't forget the people that make it happen on his behalf, which is cool. We're going to pray again. And then the title of my message, I don't know if you take notes here, doesn't matter if you don't, some of you have just got brilliant memories, give me a wave if you've got a brilliant memory, yep, all of you, I thought so. Um, have a seat with Jesus, that's why I've got a few seats here, because I figure if we're going to have a seat with Jesus today, then we really do want as many visuals to remind us as possible. You're sitting down, so you've made a good start to the message. And I want you to think about that, having a seat with Jesus. And because you're sitting down, I'm going to sit down. Is that all right? I'm going to swap seats a few times today. But we're going to pray and just ask Holy Spirit to breathe on the Word of God today. I've got my Bible here and... I'm going to read a lot from the Bible today, <laughs> which I love the Word of God. 
And as we read it, I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to just breathe on the word into your heart and my heart today. So let's just give the rest of the, the service to the Lord, shall we? Jesus, we just thank you that you are here with us. I do want to thank you and ask a blessing over every person who has made this service happen for us, that we could gather around your word and worship you through song. We're so grateful that we can do that freely. No one's stopping us today to worship you, Jesus. I thank you for this building that we're sitting here in today. We don't take that for granted, that we can gather together from all different walks of life and worship you. And Holy Spirit, I ask as we read the Word of God that you would breathe on it and breathe it into our hearts, that we would be changed and become more like Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can you say amen? Thank you. So be it. I want to ask us a few questions today. The first one is this. How do you view Jesus? How do you view him? Because I think how you view him often determines how you will respond to him. If you view Jesus as the guy that went into the temple and turned over the tables with a sense of aggression that people were misusing his house, then you'll maybe approach Jesus that way and I guess put that kind of Jesus persona onto other people. Maybe you view Jesus as the guy that was really relational and sat and had a meal with his disciples, the ones that he called friends, broke bread with them. You know, depending on how you view Jesus, Jesus on the cross, Jesus turning tables, Jesus having a meal with you, is how we will respond to him. So today, I want us all, if we could, to picture Jesus, the one who was sitting with his disciples having a meal. Jesus is all those things. And I don't want to discard any side of Jesus because it was all purposeful and it's all included in the Bible for a reason. But then there's this side to Jesus that I, I think it's important that none of us forget. Imagine if Jesus invited you to come and sit with him. What a beautiful thought. So I just imagine the cafe. What was that? Kira Bakery. Kira Bakery. And Jesus is there having a croissant and he sees you walking past and he invites you to come sit with him. I wonder what he might say to us. Well, the Bible is actually pretty incredible in the way it reveals Jesus' heart for us. And I think he'd probably say something like this. And we find it in John 15, 1 to 17. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And these are the words of Jesus. But I want you to think these words as being spoken from his heart into yours today over a cup of coffee at Kira Bakery. Says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they can produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Just pause for a moment there. Now I want you to count how many times he says the word remain. Okay, look for the word remain. 
Then he goes on to say, verse 4, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Wow. Anyone who does not, there's that word again, remain in me, is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you, in me, and my words re in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Wow, this is confronting. But I can only imagine it being spoken with a loving tone. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. You got it. Remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love. Okay, we're getting the picture here, Jesus. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things that you would be filled with my joy. Wow, thanks, Lord. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. And exactly what you've been saying, Scott. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. How many times did he say that in one sitting? Ten times. Now, I don't know if you've read a lot of scripture, but rarely in one piece does Jesus say the same thing 10 times. He's trying to get it across to our hearts. Do you want to know how you're going to go through every season of life? Do you want to know how you're not going to lose the plot when you walk through a pandemic or face a world war or go through a food shortage? Or face high interest rates? Do you know how you're not going to freak out? Remain in me. While everybody else may feel confused, disoriented, scared, petrified, if you, this is the secret, and this is the wonderful thing about Jesus. He doesn't keep the secrets of life from us. Do you want to know how to go through the hardest of seasons? Do you want to know how to walk through cancer with boldness? Remain in me. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Are you kidding, Jesus? This seems way too simple. Are you saying you just remain in you? You mean you're saying just hang out with me, get into my word, allow it to saturate your heart and you're going to be okay? no matter what life throws at you. So what does it mean to remain? They're going to bring up the definition there. It says, to remain means, simple, to continue to exist, especially after other similar people or things have ceased to do so. You're just the last person standing. You're the last guy to keep standing. You're the last girl 
to keep standing and say, I love Jesus with all my heart. No matter what goes on around me, just give me a little wave if stuff's gone on around you. Just give me a little wave. Thank you. I'm with friends. Life happens. And sometimes life, are you allowed to say sucks? Like it's not cool sometimes, right? Jesus knows that. And the wonderful thing we read through his word is he's not unfamiliar with our pain or our distress or our deep desires. He is not unfamiliar. In fact, it reveals through the word he's gone through the stuff that we go through yet without sin and he stood remaining in his father's love. I love my Bible. Does anyone else love their Bible? I mean, I, I've, I'm a girl from the 70s, so I like stickers. And I sticker up my Bible. Was anyone around in the 70s and, you know, peace and the Jesus revolution? Now, that was like decades before you guys were even born. You're laughing at me, aren't you? <laughs> I'm a fan of the Bible. And I'm really grateful for my parents who actually brought me up to love the Word of God. I'm so deeply grateful. But I wasn't always grateful for them. Okay, so this is what my household would look like around dinner time. We'd, we'd eat our meal together. I know that's so shocking these days, like actually sitting down to have a meal together. But we did that every single dinner time. And at the end of dinner time, my dad would take out the Bible and he would open to a passage and continue on and we would read the word of God together. You know, as a little girl, I actually thought that was cool. And as a little girl, I thought every family did that. You know, I didn't know that my friends next door, they didn't take out the Bible when they finished dinner. I just thought that's what families did. You took out the Bible and you read the Bible together and then my dad would ask us questions. And um, I remember we were reading about circumcision once. And I said to dad, because I had no idea, I was like, what's circumcision? And then um, he kind of took a big deep gulp and then explained it. I never asked a question again, for real. So I thought reading the Bible was cool, had some weird concepts, but cool. Until I was a teenager and went to my friend's house and they didn't read the Bible. In fact, their parents used a lot different language than my parents used. Explicit language. Very descriptive, aggressive language at times. And my friends didn't have the same experience as me. And for the first time when we invited friends over to my house, I got embarrassed. Finished the meal. We opened up the Bible and I'm like, please, Dad, no. No, not today. Can we not get the Bible? I'm embarrassed. Can we just put the Bible away today? But no, no, my dad was a good, reformed Christian. And we read the Bible every day around the mealtime. And my friends, I could see my friends were like, whoa, this is, this is like different, weird. They weren't embarrassed. I was embarrassed. You know, these days, I am so grateful for that. I am so grateful 
for a mum and dad who grounded me in the Word of God, who allowed me to discover Jesus as a little girl from the pages of the Bible. And some of my friends who wandered into my house, they found Christ. You know, the Word of God, Jesus says here, if you have a look again in verse 7 and 8 of John 15, he says this, But if you remain in me, and what remains in you? Have a look. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples and this brings great glory to my Father. It's not, it's not the latest and greatest theories about COVID that remain in us or it's not what the news says about the Ukraine that remains in us or even what the latest philosophies of our children think about life and the universe remain in us. It's when his word remains in us. Then we can ask for crazy things like the salvation of our family, for the salvation of our friends, for breakthrough in our finances, for healing from diseases. That's what we sang about today. You are healer. You were healer. You are healer. It wasn't just back then. You still are today. And like Scott said, whether it's miraculous or through medication and the medical profession, we're going to stand and believe because your word says this is who you are. So I want to talk a little bit more about remaining in Jesus. What does that look like? Okay, so it looks like reading the Bible, great. Um, and getting into a rhythm, doing that, we can talk a lot about that. But what does it look like to remain in Jesus? Well, my first one is this. If, you, if you're taking those notes, mental notes that you take so beautifully. Okay, it looks like just turning up. That's number one. If we're going to remain with Jesus, it looks like turning up. And uh, it says here, again, remain in me and I will remain in you. I just want to be that girl that keeps turning up to meet with Jesus. I call it my appointment with Jesus. You know, we're so quick to put appointments in our diaries, the birthday parties, work commitments, meeting with someone at Kira Bakery, you know what I'm saying? We're so quick to out... Look, there's usually not a person I come across that doesn't say, yep, life's busy, we're full, we're on the move, got people to see, places to go. Well, what about Jesus? If Jesus is the key to life, what about just turning up to hang out with him? I want to be that girl that just says, hey, Jesus, I'm here again. I've got a chair like this in my lounge room and I sit in that and, you know, if I'm not home, I might go sit somewhere else, but I actually have an appointment with him and sometimes I say a lot because I've got a lot to get off my chest. Do you know what I'm talking about? And then sometimes I just sit, but it's turning up, it's having an appointment with him before I have an appointment with anyone else. Often before I say a word to my husband and he's probably grateful for that. 
I sit in the presence of Jesus. I turn up and I say things like, Jesus, what do you want to do today? What assignments do you have for me? Who have you got on your mind? Is there someone that needs a word of encouragement? What do you want to do today? Sometimes we prefer to get busy rather than turn up and spend time with Jesus. That's why I really, I like to applaud and to really be grateful to those people who prepare church for us so that we can turn up and meet with Jesus. As awesome as it is to turn around and greet one another, church is about God and people. I get that. But we don't have church without Jesus. We don't get to turn up without Jesus. Otherwise, we're just a community organization. We're the surf club. And they're all awesome things. But there's something more powerful about turning up to be with Jesus. Does anyone agree with me? So who's going to put in, a, in their diaries an appointment with Jesus? The second thing, what does it look like to remain in Jesus? And I'm just going to ask our beautiful keyboarder to come and join me. And you'll, you'll see why in a moment. And she's just going to stand with me. I'm going to sit actually because we're sitting with Jesus, aren't we? What does it look like to remain in Jesus? Number two... It's to be still. It looks like being still. When you turn up, yes, you'll have days like I just admitted that you're going to just be nonstop pouring out your heart to him. But there's something very powerful about being still before the Lord when it comes to remaining in him. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Doesn't say run a marathon and know that I am God. (laughs) Turn up to church and know that I am God. Scroll through the latest social media posts and know that I am God. Listen to the latest, coolest preaching podcast and know that I am God. Now it says very simply but very straight to the point, be still And know that I am God. To be still means to stop talking. And I'm going to do that in a moment. (laughs) Otherwise it defeats the purpose of what I'm saying. Stop fussing. We fuss. I fuss. You know, when I feel like life's getting out of my control, my children are not behaving the way I want them to. My husband is doing something I wish he didn't. My boss is behaving in a way that she shouldn't. Be still and know that I am God means to be silent. That's what it means, to be silent. Do we feel uncomfortable with silence? What about now? Would you feel uncomfortable if I stopped talking? Just to be silent and know that He is God? You know, silence actually isn't empty. Silence is actually full of His answers. Have you ever gone searching for answers? 
Be still and know that I am God. Can we do that? Can we just do that for a moment and honour what it means to remain in Him? Practice what it means to remain in Him? So that when we leave here today, we don't try and fill our lives with stuff because we feel like we've got control over it, but we empty ourselves so that He can fill us with His presence, so that He can fill us with His answers, so that we can be in Him, remain in Him and produce much fruit. Let's just be silent. Even just for 20 seconds, what would He say to you? We used to sing this beautiful song. It was called, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full into His wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. It's what you find when you're silent. And you still, be still and know that I am God. And the last one, and the rest of the team, worship team can come and join me up here. What does it look like to remain in Jesus? It looks like listening. (laughs) So in that silent place, we'll be amazed how much he's got to share with us. And it's not like I hear an audible voice, Julia, I've got things to share with you. You just feel like, nudges from the Holy Spirit. Why don't you send a text to this person? They need encouragement today. You need to get into the Word of God. He's got the answer for your work problem. Are you kidding? The Bible's got the answer for my work problem? Whereabouts? Ah, oh, it's in John 9.37. Oh, I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about John 9.37. That must have been the Holy Spirit. You get these nudges. And all these answers start to come. But he's going to talk to us and God has a language. Do you want to know what his language is? It's a love language. It's a love language. And you know what he wants to do with his love language? He wants to pour love into you. He wants to speak courage over you. He wants to put hope in your heart. He wants to fill you with His peace. That's what His love language does. And when we turn up, when we're silent, He will start to whisper to us the way He feels about the rest of humanity. Do you know that age-old Scripture that most of us are familiar with. We see it at Olympic Games and sporting events. John 3.16. Let's have a look at that together. It says, For God so loved the world. that This is not just a little Christian cliche thing. God so loved the world that He gave His only 
Son, that everyone who believes in Him will not perish. And that's not just about death at the end of our lives. It's about dying daily, becoming alive. That's why I love those gorgeous jumpers. Just stand up and show them the back of, our, the, back of the jumper. Look at it. It says, come alive. God so loved the world that you wouldn't be dead on the inside. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. You know, when we spend time with Jesus, He says things like, do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? Because at the same time we're sitting here today, I see these people. Do you hear His cry, Julia? Because I hear His cry. Do you see what I see when I look at these young people, this gentleman? Because I love them and I died for them. That's what we're talking about with communion. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. He gave up His life. Do you hear their cry? Do you pray for them? Because when we're in His presence, when we turn up, it's what He does. He starts to go, the people of Coolangatta. Do you hear their cry? You live next door to people who are desperate for answers. Sometimes they don't even know it, but you are the answer to their prayers that they don't even know half the time they're praying. I love these people. I came for him and I came for you. And when you hear that love language, when you listen to God, you start to ask yourself these questions when you're with others. Am I fully present or distracted? Am I loving or judging? Am I open or closed to being changed? Am I ready to extend my hands and resources to help where help is needed the most? Do you know apparently people will know that we are disciples of Jesus, not by how cool our worship is, how great our conferences are, how often I sit in a chair up the front in a bunch of people, but people will know that we are His disciples. By the way, I love you. We may as well getting used to loving one another because we're going to spend eternity together. That's a really, 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 really long time. I'm your sister and if I drove you nuts today, you're going to spend eternity with me. So whether I drove you nuts or not, you're going to love me. And I'm going to love you. What a beautiful concept Jesus gave us. Oh, if you remain in me and I remain in you, you will produce much fruit. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for these beautiful people that have come to your house today. I ask that you would bless them. Bless them, God. Bless them and keep them. Smile upon them today. As they leave church today, Jesus, I ask that they would know that your smile is upon them. And I pray, Lord, that something in all of us would be drawn into your presence to have a seat with you. If there's anyone here today 
And you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you just found yourself in church by yourself today. Maybe you've been coming for a while, just got drawn to this place. It's a pretty cool place. (laughs) But you've never given over the reins of your life, so to speak, to the Lord. You know what the Bible says? Anyone, anyone. We saw a lot of those anyone's up on the screen. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. Anyone. Regardless of our background, regardless of our past, what we've done yesterday even, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that I've been talking about today, the one that I love so much and gave my life to as a 15-year-old girl, Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And if there's someone in here today and you need to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray a prayer with you. And I'm going to pray it line by line. And I just want you to pray it quietly in your heart. What it is, is just a prayer of surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ and an ask that He would forgive you of your sins and give you a brand new start. It's as simple as that. And when you do that, The Bible says you will be saved. He will forgive you of your sins and He'll give you a brand new start. Isn't that wonderful? That's the kind of God that we serve. So maybe everyone just pray this quietly in your heart. And if you've never prayed this before and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, I wonder if you would just pray this and mean this from the bottom of your heart. Say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Give me a brand new start. Help me live for you all the days of my life. I surrender. I surrender to you. From today, Lord, help me live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Could we do something again, church? There are people here that will have just surrendered their lives to Jesus, no doubt. And we want to celebrate with you. The Bible says that there's a host of angels in heaven that are having a party right now over the decision that you've made. And I wonder as a church, can we put our hands together and just really say well done to anyone that just made that decision? That's a golf clap. Why don't we do like a big clap (laughs) yeah that's amazing yeah and you know what friends Uh, we're never going to be as good as we could be as if we remained in Jesus and so today my encouragement to all of you as I hand the service back to the team and we begin to worship again and have a have a chance to have a uh, off the bat appointment with Jesus that's what worship is It's actually an appointment with Jesus. It's not like a show where we watch these wonderful people perform for us. It's our opportunity to have an appointment with Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to have an appointment with Jesus and we're going to worship Him. So could we stand to our feet? Father, I pray a blessing over these people. Your blessing. May they sense your favour and your smile today. And as we lift our voices to you, Heavenly Father, today, 
I pray your kingdom come and your will be done in individual lives and families that are represented in this room in Jesus' name. Can you say in Jesus' name? Say it again, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.